tax needs to be at the table is at the front end when a business organization is trying to define what it wants to do, where it wants to do it, and how it's going to perform what it wants to do. Tax needs to be at the table to help with each one of those components. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series, Taxman, on the intersection of tax and compliance. In this series, I visit with tax professional Tracy Howe. Tracy has worked at multiple multinational corporations and literally lived across the globe in practicing tax. These episodes include episode one, why should tax talk to compliance? Episode two, what is transfer pricing? Episode three, why tax should have a seat at the table? Episode four, tax and supply chain? And episode five, tax and ESG. I know you will learn a lot in this series, whether you're a compliance professional, legal professional, or other non-tax professional. This special series, Tax Man on the Intersection of Tax and Compliance, is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for episode three of our five-part series on Tax Man, Intersection of Tax and Compliance. I'm back again with tax expert Tracy Howe. Tracy, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Tom. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Tracy, we're going to take up in this episode, I think, perhaps the most near and dear phrase I ever heard you utter around tax when we work together, and that's, why should tax have a seat at the table? So could you start off by telling us what you meant by a seat at the table, and then why is it so critical that tax be at that table? Yeah, I think it's really apparent that income tax, corporate income tax, is a pretty significant component of an entity's operating results with a statutory tax rates in any jurisdiction between 20 to 30% of profits. A corporation's ultimate objective is a generation of net income or distributable profit. It's pretty important if you make sales, you know, the business cycle includes sales, costs to deliver those sales, which generate a profit, And a lot of times people think, okay, that's the end of it. Well, but then you take on the additional work of corporate income tax and that significant component. And the reason I've always said tax needs to be at the table is at the front end when a business organization is trying to define what it wants to do, where it wants to do it, and how it's going to perform what it wants to do. Tax needs to be at the table to help with each one of those components. In other words, if a company wants to, say, manufacture, and then the company wants to sell those manufactured goods, and then you ask the question, okay, where do you want to sell those goods? Where's your customer base? And therefore, the location of the manufacturing activity and the subsequent resale to third parties to generate a profit, Tom, you can get different answers based on where you're manufacturing and where you're selling. And so normally, Tom, if tax isn't at the table, the thought process is pretty much focused on the manufacturing activity, which would be procurement of raw materials, the application of direct labor equals finished goods, and then where you sell them. But Tom, at that point in time, all those activities, you can get substantially different results if you're manufacturing and then you're trying to sell across 25 different borders 
you're importing goods from five different countries. So tax can provide an umbrella, Tom, to achieve those corporate objectives if they're involved at the front end as opposed to the back end, which sometimes you've seen us have to work with damage control or risk mitigation. So if they're at the table at the front, they can help the company. Tracy, how does tax work with multiple stakeholders in a corporation? You and I are talking about compliance and tax, but tax works with other corporate departments, obviously legal, but it could be HR, it could be operations, it could be supply chain, could even be accounting or the CFO, or maybe even internal audit. Given the week of geopolitical news, supply chain is a huge issue and really on the minds of many corporate types right now. How are we going to get our products out of that part of the world? And what does it impact us if we have an employee base there? So how does tax work with, I would say, almost every corporate department, Tracy? Well, a lot of times critical functional leads sometimes don't know that tax can help. So an effective tax professional has to try to insert himself or get him invited to the table again, Tom, and to have those discussions. And you're saying, one would say a functional lead might say, why do we need tax here? A good tax guy has got to be proactive and provide those examples to get involved. Use an example, Tom, if you, maybe the HR function, if you're providing people around the world, you know, compliance function is if you're sending people to work for short periods of time or long periods of time, then each country has certain rules about having to pay income taxes for that foreign employee. In other words, if you send an employee down to the UK to work offshore, you've got a certain amount of days. It might be 180 days an employee could be in that country working, and on day 181, he triggers individual income tax that the company must pay. So the point is, is if a tax guy is interacting with an HR professional on the provision of people, they can put in a a management system to where they don't ever let anybody in a given country be present more than 120 days. You know, if you didn't have that, Tom, I've seen it where you pierce that and it can have a substantial impact for 20, 30 employees whose costs weren't figured in the price of their products they're selling or services. You've got to insert yourself and try to get the tax men to table. That really leads me to that example, I'm not sure many chief compliance officers would know that. Hopefully they do. But if they don't, how can tax really work to educate corporate functions outside of tax about what I would call some of these basic rules? Is it you put on a little tax training lunch and learn? Do you use ongoing communications? If it's lawyers, do you send them a memo and ask them to read it? Or you just sit down and go have a cup of coffee with a chief compliance officer with a head of HR? What's really some strategies that can be used to help communicate some of these basic concerns that are what I hear you saying is, hey, come down and ask me the question before you do it rather than afterwards? No, you're right, Tom. In my experience, what I've found is that the relationship, number one, you you need to try to build a relationship with those functional experts, be it HR, legal, treasury. Tom, I use those as an example. You've You've got to be with them in person and have a relationship so that it sounds a little bit of a cliche. You need to create yourself, create the 
situation where you're a trusted business advisor. Tom, what I've found is that one-on-one interaction has to happen before you can just send updates, emails, training seminars. It needs to have an in-person component. Now, in a global organization, you're not going to be able to get in front of everybody, but the relationship has to start at the top down, those functional leads. That would be in legal, um, as you know, in HR. There has to be some buy-in top down in an organization in compliance and a code of business conduct, and then a willingness to talk tax and the perception, the belief that tax is here to help. There has to be some buy-in on that, Tom. So, Tracy, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us tomorrow because we're going to take up a topic I don't want to say is torn from the headlines, but it's certainly on the front lines of what every company, multinational company is thinking about now, and that's tax and the supply chain. But before we leave, I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on yourself or really any of the topics we've discussed in this podcast, what would be the best way for them to find out more? Hey, thanks, Tom. I'd love to, anybody have any questions, you can contact me by email at tbhowlcpa at gmail.com. That's tb as in boy, howlcpa at gmail.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn at my LinkedIn profile is Tracy Brian Howell. Thanks so much, Tom. Tracy, I look forward to continuing this conversation. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to episode three of our five-part exploration of Taxman on the intersection of compliance and tax. In today's episode, we took up why tax should have a seat at the table. So what do we mean when we talk about the table? The table means being involved in entities' discussions, both at a strategic and tactical level, between critical stakeholders in an organization, operations, sales, legal, HR, supply chain, and procurement accounting, about what they want the entity to do, whether it's sell, manufacture, provide services, licenses, and then where they want to do that. Whatever activity an entity wants to do, it needs to assess the optimum way to do so and a location to perform that activity. Tax impacts the net income of an entity which is to distribute income to shareholders, i.e. taxable income. It's a substantive expense that an organization has of up to 20 to 30% in tax rates. Therefore, tax can help and contribute to the bottom line. We discussed a couple of examples. In the first one, a company wants to manufacture in several places globally to distribute risk and to get closer to customers and supply chain locations and to take advantage of lower cost labor. Obviously, this has only become more important during the pandemic. If a company focuses on lower cost locations for raw materials and labor costs, but doesn't think about the tax burden in each potential location, you can end up with less distributable net income due to high tax regimes. Trapped cash, meaning you can't get it into your treasury's global cash pool. What about R&D? Where's the best place to perform R&D? Where are the tax incentives available that bring the greatest value to an entity, such as one from the United States or Canada? Where does an entity want to own its IP? Always a critical question. And where's the best place to own IP literally across the globe? What about capturing newly created IP? M&A activity. This is where tax is a very high risk, which should impact how something's acquired. Asset acquisition versus purchasing an entity. Hidden risk that can suffer through to five years after an M&A transaction by a local entity can trap the IP, for instance. So taking a look at this early on 
i.e. having tax at that M&A table is critical. And what about domestically? Well, it can also be an issue for a U.S. company inside the United States. Where do you manufacture? can be a large number of incentives available to negotiate with state and local localities around tax regimes, pricing of goods and services. What about EBITDA and the bottom line? If operations does not have tax with a seat at the table, an important component or the rest of the story can leave many challenges in getting your cash home. Sales and use taxes on acquisitions can be mitigated with structuring a transaction. Tax should not dictate operations, but rather provide an umbrella for an entity to operate in the most effective structure going forward. Of course, the key here is for tax to be a part of the discussion, to be at the table. And the same holds true with compliance having a seat at the table. But when you have both of those organizations, it gives you the opportunity to plan so that hopefully there are no surprises down the line. This is Tom Fox. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you'll join us in episode four, where we take up tax and supply chain.